good set. Um, uh, so the Grizzlies, another interesting team. Where, um, uh, where do you got? Where do you have them slated? Uh, have them slated? I had a hot take brewing in me late last week with regard to the Grizzlies. Um, I think I've pared back a little bit since then. I was evaluating the Southwest Division, and last week I'm looking at Memphis. I'm obviously I'm really biased here. I saw how they performed against the Jazz in the playoffs and the momentum uh, from that with which they could ride into this season. And I'm thinking their biggest threat in the division is now coached by Jason Kidd instead of Rick Carlisle. If everything goes right, Memphis could win the Southwest division. I don't know if I feel that way anymore because I just think after John Morant, who has a very high ceiling for this team, they have a lot of low ceiling players on this team. Um, I'm not sure at this point in his career, if Steven Adams is better than Jonas Valanciunas, who had an exceptional year last year for Memphis. We don't know how many games Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to play. And until he plays 75 games or more in a season, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Kyle Anderson, solid, low ceiling. Dylan Brooks, solid, low ceiling. And then their next five guys off the bench, they're fine, but they're all young. I don't know if they're ready for prime time. And Dallas just has a much better, well-rounded roster. Memphis is clearly better than that earlier conversation we had about those bottom five, bottom six teams in the conference. But I just don't have the courage to punch them into like the top five, top six of the Western Conference yet. I can't say they're better than Portland, who I think has a much better like top nine group of guys than Memphis. Um, Dallas has Luka, Memphis doesn't. And on top of that, Dallas just has, even though Jason Kidd's coaching the team, and I think Kidd could, could, could cost Dallas anywhere from like four to seven wins this season. I just think Luka and his supporting cast, it's just too good for Memphis to move past, at least in the regular season. So I've got Memphis still. Um, I think I've got them pegged in ninth. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to put, the, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say Grizzlies, um, uh, top six, maybe the five. I got a big dick. That's why. Um, I admire your courage. Yeah, I, I, have, I don't. I have I no stats. Just can't put him into the top six as badly as I want to, and given I've, how hot they finished last season. I've literally thought about this for like three minutes, and so that's why I put it up there. Um, okay, so now um, we're, we're we're back. We've got a, almost a brand new Lakers team, uh, but they still got their top two guys, uh, LeBron and and AD, and they add uh, add Russell Westbrook. So, um, Jared, Jared, hi. Uh, number one, uh, I just went to the Zoom video to kind of see, and uh, you know we got gets it in, in blue here, nice uh, nice uh, Royal Nike blue, Dad by Dad Dixon red. So I mean we could do a Utes BYU podcast them, I think. So, um, Jared, <laughs> we're uh, we're creating Utah's original color spectrum problem yeah, exactly. that they're trying to get away from. Yeah, this is uh, the whole reason they've gone to black and white. Um, Jared, I'm uh, Lakers. Um, I mean, they were seven last year, but that was mostly due to the injuries. I would say, um, yeah. Are are they back to tier one? Are they are they back to the kings of the west? I don't know, man. It's such a such a mercurial mercurial, uh, mercurial roster with uh, uh, Mercury's no, retrog- Mercury. Mercury is retrograding. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but I mean, you've got these strong personalities like Rondo Westbrook, who. I feel like they could be throwing fights or throwing throwing hands in the middle of a game. I don't know, man. It's just such a weird roster. So, to me. do you think they're seven again, or do you think they're two? Like, where do you, where do you have them? Uh, I would say probably more around four because I don't think they're going to really okay. care about the regular season as much. Okay, okay. Uh, Jared, but, we okay. matchy matchy. All right, so they're cool. they're four. Um, uh, do you think they make the finals then? Do you think well, I mean, 
it depends on how much AD is willing to bang a center, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I mean, right now, like, do you think they're one of the top three teams to make the the finals? Who you're talking? No, because I don't like I don't like what they did to their defensive rotation. So no. All right. Um, uh, Dabba Dadik. Oh, not necessarily gets it. Gets it. You said you had the Lakers at four. Um, squarely in four, no uh, higher, no lower, just squarely in four. Okay, and um, uh, but like in the same question, like, are they are they one of the top three teams to get the finals? I what's the pathway for them to be to the finals? Because I've heard a lot of this talk from some local and national media who are who basically have taken the prevailing theory that the Lakers are going to kind of coast and figure out who they are in the regular season and you know load manage effectively Anthony Davis and LeBron here and there and Westbrook will ostensibly shoot the night out the lights out and score 40 points whenever they need them to when those two stars are out on any given night and the Lakers are just magically going to finish in the top three and then they'll be uh just fresh and ready for the playoffs but I think in the four seed then they're going to play in my opinion Golden State maybe in the conference semifinals and if Golden State's good enough to make it to the conference semifinals then that probably means that Clay Thompson's playing at a high level alongside Stephen Curry. So you got Thompson and Curry in the backcourt. You have LeBron and AD. I don't know what condition either of those two are going to be in the front court. And then you have the liability of Russell Westbrook, who's going to be intent on playing hero ball if they, if they manage to make it to the second round of the playoffs. So who do you got between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors in the conference semifinals with uh, the Warriors shooting the lights out? That's, that's a lot of old guys on both teams. Um, it may come down to defense and depth, and I don't really like the Lakers' depth. All right, all right. and I mean they they went and signed a lot of like you know they got the Lakers special, the minimum contract players. Um, Dabba, Dabba, I just don't know how uh, Russell Westbrook's going to be part of a team that makes the NBA Finals if Russell Westbrook's playing full time. <laughs> uh, Dabba, um, uh, uh you got um, uh, Lakers. I mean, same questions. Like, where do you have them stay in the regular season? It doesn't matter. Will they still be a top three NBA Finals team for you? Um, honestly, I, it's really hard for me to see them in the finals just because I think, I think health's a big factor. And, uh, I think it's just, it's, you've got, I don't know. There's so many variables obviously they, they won two years ago, so you can't count them out, but I, I actually could, what I, what I feel for them this year is I actually feel for them to be a pretty good regular season team and potentially come out like they could potentially be the number one seed in the West. And I know that might sound kind of crazy to say, but I just think that, um, I mean, Westbrook's like almost one of the best like regular season guys you could think think of as far as if you want someone to go out there and play hard every night, things like that. So if there's injuries and things like that, but Westbrook's staying healthy, I mean, there's potential where they could be a pretty good team in the regular season. I just don't know. Um, I just don't trust that team as far as like you guys are talking about depth uh, being a question, things like that. They're very top heavy, obviously trading for Westbrook in the first place where, you know, they don't have, they've got these three guys on huge contacts, three superstars. Um, You know, LeBron's still amazing. He's still probably, you know, one of the top five, probably not that's a stretch, but at least top 10 players in the league right now. But I don't think he's, the type of guy that can really carry the team like he used to. So it's really going to be dependent on if uh, Anthony Davis can, can stay healthy and, and can stay there in the middle. And then also, like I said, it's once it gets to the playoffs, it's just going to all depend on if Westbrook is going to be able to take a back seat. And, and 
never seen that from him. So uh, I would not bet on them to come out of the West. Yeah, like um, I, I don't disagree with the the number four seed everybody's kind of throwing out here. Like I think that's fair, but uh, you know that's the team that when the playoffs start, like they they probably be my favorites no, no matter where they're slated, no matter who they're playing. Um, you know they still. I have, have a Westbrook thought. Go ahead. I actually don't think he's that good of a regular season player anymore. So obviously he was on a, a worse team last year, but he was in a, a more winnable conference, one that offers more opportunity to kind of bust into the top tiers. Um, and they finished what? Eighth place, ninth place with him as the man. Uh, the previous year he was in Houston with what was supposed to be one of the premier backcourts in the NBA. And they finished as the four seed in the regular season. Uh, almost lost in the first round. The year before that, he was perennially part of a bunch of seven-seed teams on the Thunder, which right after he got traded, the guy who replaced him immediately vaulted the Thunder to a higher regular season finish. So unless LeBron and AD are playing on a nightly basis, which it doesn't sound like that's going to be the game plan, like I don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to singularly push this team to a one-seed. I think if the Lakers finish with a one-seed, that means LeBron wins the MVP because he was playing at least 62 games and winning every single game he appeared in. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I'm I, I, so I, I guess I started, but I don't off. think like this theory of Westbrook, like by himself, when the two stars are taking nights off, like he's going to just single-handedly whirling dervish his way to the one seat for the Lakers. Like, I don't see that as any sort of reality based outcome. I love the term whirling dervish. Cause uh, it was a finishing move for an NXT tag team. Um, so yeah, so I just me- think the ideal situation for the Lakers is that Brett Westbrook's going to be not not leading the charge in the regular season, but he'll be in theory if things go the way that they would hope that you're going to have either one of LeBron or AD healthy, and Westbrook's kind of going to be that secondary guy. But I just think the energy that he brings it's going to be. It's going to be, they're going to be a hard team to beat night in and night out if Westbrook's playing. Like, that's just, that's just the reality of it. Whether, whether he's, you know, whether you like him as a player or you think he's a winning player, I mean, you have to admit the fact that, like, he's, you, you play against him, that's going to be a tough game. You know what I mean? I, the Wizards, what? They, they beat the, I think the Jazz didn't even beat the Wizards last year, right? Let's they not talk do, about that. They, they, <laughs> the Wizards, swept, I mean, and, and what was it? Both that was like because West of Robin off. Lopez. I mean, he's the type of Robin player Lopez that, I mean, went off. Yeah, watch out. Watch out, um, uh, Jasmine, you play the Magic this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Lakers for me, um, I think you guys are nuts. I mean, if if if, um, if the Lakers are like, I mean, again, we, we're going to assume full health for pretty much everybody in the playoffs. Um, yeah, the Lakers are the team I would not want to face. And, I believe that when I see it with the Lakers, you know, full health wise. I, I get that, uh, but uh, you know, I, it's also like LeBron. Like we don't know when it's going to leave him, but it hasn't seemed to you know really um, leave him yet. And Anthony Davis still top ten. But LeBron's not the other so. only guy I'm concerned about. Like Talon Horton Tucker and Trevor Ariza were supposed to be two of their main rotation players. They're starting the season on the injured list. Oh yeah, I, I, I get it. I just that stuff with the Lakers. I mean, just like I'm like whatever. That's it's the Lakers, you know. <laughs> like once you get to the playoffs, and again, if they're, if they're, you know, as healthy as you can be going into the playoffs, yeah, it's just that team is uh that team is a uh, pretty scary. You don't want to face them. Uh, and, but now we go to the Blazers. The Blazers, who um, you know, they were six last year, but the, the problem is that they haven't got out of the first round, like four out of the last five years. Uh, they keep hitting singles in the offseason, doubles maybe even. 
uh, you know, some some nice moves, but like it just doesn't translate. Can't buy here. pitches. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like I'm a sometimes like you got to hit a home run once in a while, and I don't I don't know if they've hit a home run. They've gotten close. Tony um, Snell was an intentional walk. Yeah, they um, uh, you know, ground rule doubles. So the the Blazers, I don't, I don't even know what their big move this was this year. I know they traded for uh, they traded Nance, I guess. Larry Nass, yeah, Larry Nass, yes. Yeah, Junior. Again, that's a Yeah, it's a great move, but it's a ground ground rule double, right? Like, it's, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's okay, but it, it, I don't know how, like, how much. Larry Nance is, like, top three, one of the players that I want on the Jazz. Like, if I could Same. just somehow wish him onto the Jazz. Same. Larry Nance is one of the – and I'm talking about just guys who are rotation pieces, don't have – like, not superstars. Yeah, yeah obviously, like, he, like, he, like he I made him uh, – Doncic and these guys, but like Larry Nance is, is a nice player. Okay, so uh, and that was an underrated signing. So the Blazers, I mean, the Blazers, you know, go go get the, you know, their off season. Um, are they out of the first round this year? Do they win their first round series? Depends on matchups and depends what the roster is going to look like at the end of the year. Because um, the other thing uh, we I mean, talked about, the let's just say, let's just say like, right now, if they had to, I mean, if they played the Nuggets, uh, fully healthy Nuggets in the in the first round of the playoffs. Fully healthy Clippers. Fully healthy Nuggets includes Jamal Murray. Right. The Nuggets would boat race the Trailblazers. Okay. How about, yep. how about a fully healthy, um, healthy Clippers? Fully healthy Warriors. Fully healthy Lakers. Uh, the Clippers boat race the Lakers if they have Kawhi fully healthy. No, no. I'm sorry. These, are, uh, these are all against the Blazers. Sorry. These are all against the Blazers. Yeah. So the Clippers with a fully healthy Kawhi against the Blazers, they boat race the Blazers. The Mavericks. Um, well, the Mavericks have... Luca and a lot of I, I really like the Mavericks as a playoff team as long as they stop running into Kawhi and the Clippers. Okay, so I just think Luca's the best player. I mean, I'm I, gonna offend all of my friends back home. In I just like named by saying that six we, of the we've the argued about that before. <laughs> Dallas is just better than the Blazers with Luca. Like so, Luca's the determining factor in that matchup. So the Blazers have to make another move, right? The, the Blazers have to do and the, the things that they haven't. And so right now, the I'm Blazers, not fully opposed to them playing wait and see first because right, this, right. this lineup. This top five lineup, their starting five, it's better on paper than the than the Blazers team that made the 2019 Western Conference Finals. Because Larry Nance is an upgrade over uh, Mo Harkless, and therefore Robert Covington is a huge upgrade over Al Farouk Aminu. Um, Yusuf Nurkic is not the same player he was two years ago. He's had the injuries. He's had the inconsistencies. Um, Lillard and McCullum are in their prime. So that top five on paper is really good, and I actually like their top nine. Um, like Cody Zeller by default is immediately the best backup center in the league. Um, He's like a luxury for them to have. And I think it opens up some really interesting trade opportunities for the Blazers. If, uh, if Nurkic continues to be a malcontent there and shows his inconsistencies, even if he plays well, he might be a good package because he's an expiring deal at like, I think 12 or $13 million per year locally, all of the Blazers, uh, their GM, their fans are very high on this year. Little who's a modern wing that can help out immediately. Um, Norman Powell gives them the potential to be the best offense in the league. And then uh, Anthony Simons, he could go either way. And then Tony Snell, he's that intentional walk I was talking about. People are always uh, interested about what he could bring to the table. Very little depth after their top nine, but the top nine is pretty decent for the Blazers. So I'm curious to see how far they can go. I think they're a much better regular season team than a playoff team. And that's why I was compelled to ask in the regular season with Murray being out for the foreseeable future for Denver. Could the Blazers draw even with the Nuggets in the regular season? I think it's less likely to happen than a reality, but I think it's definitely um, a question worth asking. I mean, I, I just, the, the, I, there's a lot of nice things to say about the Blazers. It was nice and it's great. And 
the wait and see. Obviously, the problem with like for me, a, a wait and see. Like maybe the Blazers get a top four seed this year, but I just named six uh, teams that like if we all assume fully healthy, all assume the rosters today that the Blazers would lose in the first round. And I was like, well, all right, cool. Like none of that really matters. Are we in agreement? That the Blazers is currently constituted, rolling out their best lineup, they can be a top four offense in the league this year. Top four? Sure, yeah. Top four offense. Yeah. So then you have these two exceptional wing defenders, as far as we believe, in Larry Nance and Robert Covington. So could they at least be top half, top 15 of the league defensively? I mean, so I mean that was the thing last year. Like last year, they went and got Robert Covington, right? And like, oh my God, here we go, this is it. And then, they but that just, was just one guy. They're just had like to play pretty medi- Tanner and Anthony a lot. I mean, we'll see. I get again. Um, I, to me, well, so if they were top fifteen defense, top four offense, how confident would you like? Like, if you guys had to bet your life savings on them getting out of the first round, I just named six teams that. As currently constituted, which is like not out of uh, the first round, but regular season wise, I'm, I think uh, they could inch their way maybe top four. Like with this lineup cool. playing good defense, <laughs> uh, acceptable defense, elite offense, like I think they're better than Golden State. They're certainly they got that better top nine depth I was just referring to. Right. And from a regular season marathon, they could probably outrace the Lakers too if the Lakers can't stay healthy amongst their stars. Yeah. The the just the Blazers to me is like cool. You're, you're. I mean, and this, here's the thing. I don't think they're bad, and I think what they've done is great. Like to be as good as they have for as long as they have is really hard. But eventually, your fans. If they all stay healthy, I think they're a much better team than they were last year. Because you got rid of Canner, who's a defensive just total liability. You're replacing with Zeller, who's a solid player both ways. All right. So um, real quick though, you get rid uh, of Carmelo Anthony, who's wasting all your offense, and now that, you're you're infusing. Guys like Larry Nance are giving more Covington. So real more quick Norm though, um, dad bought dad dick. So being much better, if, if your team is much better, like if the this is going to come up with the Jazz, either the Jazz are much better than they were last year, but still lose in the first round the Blazers or the second round the Jazz, does that really matter? You're asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean. The, that's the thing. I mean, it, it, they're they're a good team. The problem is they're they play in the West. I yep. mean, that's, they're really like a victim of. I, I mean, that's the the issue here with a lot of these teams that are in the West. Are mm-hmm. uh, these are great teams, but I mean, the West is just so deep, and, and we're lucky that uh, like the team that we root for happens to be, you know, one of those three or four that have that possibility of coming out of the West as the as the champion. But uh, the problem with 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 Portland is even though they're as a, as it was said earlier, like the team on paper looks way better than the team that made the conference finals two years ago, but the West is even deeper than it was two years ago, which it was a very deep conference then, but it's just, I'd be surprised if they, I, if, I mean, I I can see them making the second round. Uh, They're, they're a dangerous enough team. And depending on the matchup, they could make the second round, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on them to make even the conference finals. And Jared, um, uh, so let, let's say the Blazers do get like they get improved, uh, they they improve enough, they get to the second round. Does that matter? Loaded question, Jared. Did we lose Jared? Is he still here? He is currently on mute. He okay. may be doing chores. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I am kind of trying to clean up these trees here. My bad. Um, 
Yeah, so like I'm uh, again. I don't have but enough about Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert. I do not have as much confidence in the Blazers as you guys. All right, and, and okay, uh, okay, but like again, you you have Dame and McCollum, but those guys are in the prime. But it's it's going quick, you know. Those guys are approaching thirty. Those guys, I mean, the Blazers are in the spot like. If they're not going to be, you know, yeah, I'm we, lower we, on Roko than most people. I just don't think he's that effective. Okay, but mm-hmm. like, this is more like the overarching, like the Blazers, their window's closing very quickly. Yeah, I think they need to trade Dame, honestly. Send him to a winning team. I mean, because like they, they could be better. The, the, the thing is, they, they could be better than last year. They could be in, way better than last year. But is their ceiling a second round? Is is that it? Is that is if that's their ceiling, then. What does it matter? Is, is is the question I guess I'm getting at. But um, let's move on to uh, asking the question. Does it matter? Who are you asking that question to? I just because I mean, that's what makes it very interesting. Who? who I mean, the, the Blazers fans, um, the NBA in general. Like the the Blazers are they, they've been doing this very well. Like just getting slightly better, and, and maybe maybe they pull the Jazz. Maybe they're the best team in the West this year, and that 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 will make a difference if they do that. I don't know if they can, but. Um, that that's like really the only the question thing to Blazers fans. They are down bad, and they're they've seen the writing on the wall of the the existential issues that you're describing. Um, are they nothing more than a, a ceiling of a second round team? A lot of these Blazers fans believe that this team has kind of hit its apex, and it's um, you ask a lot of people, and they're fine with trading Damian Lillard, even though he means more arguably to Portland than Donovan Mitchell does as an individual to Salt Lake City and the greater Metro. Um, just the impact he's made in the community, the way he's woven in the fabric of that community. But at the same time, they kind of want Dame to achieve maximum greatness. And a lot of Blazers fans are recognizing that that might not be possible to achieve in Portland. And they kind of want Damien to be the best version of himself. Um, That being said, they're pretty down on this roster. I would almost argue, at least from a regular season standpoint, not so much in the playoffs, I'm pretty high on the potential of this Blazers roster. I'm at least curious to see how to, how good it can be on the defensive end of the floor. The Blazers are going to need to improve by about ten wins this, this year to um uh, and like be a top two seed in the West for them to keep it together. Because if they don't, yeah, I mean, I I see it uh, blowing up. There are so many good destinations you could also send CJ McCollum yeah. if this team does not get off to a fast start. And though I love the ro- I don't love the roster, but I think it's it's far improved from last year. They're another team with a rookie head coach and. I've heard some non-convincing things so far from Chauncey Billups about the X's and O's of how he wants to run the team. Now, from a motivational and planning and a, <laughs> and a firing the team up standpoint, nothing but great things people have said about Chauncey Billups. But um, he's going to have a learning curve to navigate as well, and I don't know what that means for the short-term future of the Blazers. But if the short-term future of the Blazers is not promising, then you might be looking at some big off-season or some big mid-season moves for – a guy involving uh, C.J. McCollum. Jared, I, I forget. Is Chauncey Bowles the rapist or the wife Who? beater? Is Chauncey Bowles the rapist or the wife uh, the wife beater? Or were they both wife beaters? He was accused of sexual assault right. in Boston sexual back assault. in 1997 during his uh, his rookie season. Uh, so, so going from uh, sexual assault to um, uh, to domestic violence, uh, Dallas Mavericks. Real quick, Jared. Um, uh, where um, uh, the hey, Mavs... you know who else was accused of sexual assault? Kobe Bryant. <laughs> That's a non sequitur. <laughs> Kobe. 
uh jacket scratch uh, did i just uh, was that the weirdest transition <laughs> ever in the history of a podcast i i, I was going from sexual no, abuse. probably I going, not but... i was going from sexual harassment to domestic violence so i mean really we're at that part of the pod um jared uh dallas mavericks are the, they... the, the point is is basically if you're you know if you're an all-time great at something people tend to uh not not bring up those things as often and and so i, I guess uh Chauncey Billups, needs Chauncey to, Billups just was, he was good, but not good enough. He needs to hit some more shots, um, uh, or, or, win a, or, or win a championship in Portland. So, um, Jared, are you there? Um, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> Jared, Dallas Mavericks, um, are they? Um, uh, are, I they, hate Jason Kidd. Right, he's um, a piece of shit. But um, <laughs> like I'm a like that that Dallas team. I'm, I'm, a, took, I'm, took the I'm lower on them than Justin is. Yeah, I'm lower on them than Justin is. Yeah, but how did Luca look in the second half of every one of those games? Like garbage. His conditioning is still an issue. And yeah, I'm not. I'm not. So I'm you, not down with the great white hope. I so you're down on the Mavericks. Um, uh, Dabot Dabdick. The Mavericks. Hey, real quick, who I wanted to actually just touch back on the the question you were asking about Portland because I think that like what got lost in the, the shuffle. I think you were kind of asking more of like a philosophical question. Oh, I, I got I, like sports in general. I, I got yeah. I, I got a we'll, we'll save it for the Jazz because I will probably come up. It will probably come up then too. I okay. Think. Well, you know, I, I just I, I get what you're saying with with Portland, so we can yeah. we can touch on it later. But yeah. um, um uh, Mavericks. Um, uh, uh, they have Luca. Does the does the Mavericks get to the conference finals? Like, do they have a chance to get to the conference finals, or are they just kind of in that first second round tier again? Here's the thing with the Mavericks. I don't think they're that good of a team, but that with a player like Luca, they have a chance to get to the conference finals. Like he's he's on that tier. Like he's he's like young LeBron carrying that Cleveland Cavaliers team in what was it 07 or whatever to the finals against the Great Spurs. comp. He's Great that, comp. He's that he's that he's that type of player. I don't like the roster construction around him at all. Yeah, but the Western I, Conference I, still isn't as dog shit as that Eastern Conference was. Well, though, that, so. that's true. I, I'm just saying he's that level of player. Like he, he he's really like is. Luka like Luca and the Drew Goodens. Yes. For for as much Shaq, for, for as as much like credit and and praise as Luca gets, I still think people don't realize how good he is and like what kind of greatness we're seeing when he's on the court. He is. He is. He's an amazing player. So he cares more about Olympic basketball, team, though. They, so it doesn't matter. They have a shot. Uh, I don't like the roster construction. I think they're very, very. They don't have a lot of depth, um, and they're you know they're they're top five, their top six, seven guys are not really. You know, if you compare it to other teams in the West, the the other teams that are playoff teams, it's just not. It's not on par. Um, you know, they have some nice pieces, but they have a lot of guys that are like. This was kind of almost I would kind of equate it to like the jazz a few years ago it was like joe ingles if he's your third or fourth option on offense that doesn't that's not a good thing that that means your team needs work like your team's not constructed well it's not like you know you need to bring in other guys so that he can be your sixth or seventh option on offense and then that's the role he's really going to thrive in i feel like they have a lot of guys right now who it's like they're going to be expected to do more than what really is yeah. their lane as far as a basketball player and also i mean i'm 
as out as out as out as the out can be, as can be on Porzingis. I think Por- <laughs> Porzingis um, is hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean he's a great he's a play he's a talented player, but I just don't right, right. ever think he'll be healthy. You can't build a like, team fully with healthy. Him. Yeah, um, he'll never be fully healthy. When it comes down to the nitty gritty, shut the last real, two games real against the Clippers in the first round. I was gonna say like, sh- shout out to. I was gonna say shout out to McCade real quick because I'm a. He said last year, what what is the worst trade in NBA history? Something like like the Knicks and Maz like made a trade where both teams got worse. It was crazy. Um, and I do want to apologize to Joe Ingles. It was your Rudy. classic lose lose. Yeah, trade. the lose lose trade. Um, I, I do want to apologize to Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert because uh, Jared. I don't know if you guys heard him. He inter- interjected saying that um, uh, people caring about Olympic basketball more than NBA basketball should should uh, burn a fiery in a fiery death, and that was what Jared just said about Luca. So. Um, Gets it. So this is, you know, I, I spent three minutes thinking about it. Uh, I'm moving the Dallas Mavericks down into this, you know, the, the nine ten spot and moving the Grizzlies up. So um, uh, I put Portland ahead of Dallas, but I have neither of them high as much as I just made a made an argument for the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. I I can't put them at least not yet. I, I don't feel right putting them ahead of Golden State or the L.A. Clippers, and I'm not sure how much my expectations for how those three teams are going to fare in the playoffs rather than the regular season are, are faring into it. Um, Cause again, I think Portland is a better regular season team in terms of better in depth than those other two teams. But I just, uh, I can't find room for Portland. I, it's okay. like you said earlier, it's yeah. you play those teams one-on-one in the playoffs and they're going to beat Portland. Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, so that, that, that's, that, I think that's probably right. We are all kind of a little bit more down on the Mavericks, uh, even though they have Luca, but like everything else, the ancillary pieces just look me. Um, the Clippers are sort of an NA uh, because I'm uh, without Ugh. Kawhi. Like, here's the thing: the Clippers might end up in the seventh seed, but if you're the second seed, shit, you, do, do you want to see a fully healthy Clippers team in the playoffs? Probably not. Um, you know, we, we saw how dangerous they could be last year. Um, Who's nobody, like the second I mean, you don't even want to on the Clippers for Paul healthy. George? Clippers team in the playoffs. I mean, we know that. <laughs> yeah, who knows that PTSD, more than Jazz PTSD, fans. PTSD. PTSD. Um, who's the second fiddle on the on the Clippers? I mean, so uh, this Terrence Mann guy is probably going to average forty a game after seeing him in the playoffs. Um, they got that for eighty two games though. Yeah, I know. I know. I you know against a team that um, uh, wouldn't move to a five out uh, defense. Um, Interesting fact: Terrence Mann is actually Rudy Gobert's biological father. Is it? Is, 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 is it? Is it? It's probably Reggie Jackson. Ran this as a jazz podcast. Yeah, they, that was they did the and me, twenty-three and me sponsor us. Is, is it probably? <laughs> is it probably Reggie Jackson? I would say. I, I would guess. Yeah, but is Reggie Jackson of this like? I've never seen it because he spent so much of his career with the the fledgling the, the Pistons. Pistons. But Reggie's Reggie's sort of like a who's going to step up alongside Paul George and carry this team along for an 82 game marathon. Like, like Reggie will carry the offensive I like, load. I like every player on this roster, but I don't know who's going to drag them along. It's like the same thing yeah. as the Westbrook question. Who's going to carry along the Clippers through the, the dog days of the regular season? Yeah. Um, is Nicholas Batum going to regress to the mean? Not for 82 games. Like Batum doesn't do this for 82 games. Oh well, yeah, it regressed, right? Well, that's but, what uh, I mean. But, I mean, I mean. So our, here's the thing: the Clippers aren't going to fall out out of the the top ten seeds, right? No, they're yeah. not going to fall out of the top six. Yeah. Like, so, so unless George gets hurt, and then they're right. left with like right, 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 no right. bankable high usage volume performers. Right, right, right. But I mean, 
that's the thing is that the Clippers are going to be in the bottom half somewhere. We know that. It's just that now, you know, now you have the Clippers in the first round, and that's going to suck for somebody. Could be it could be the Jazz. We talk about an inconvenient truth with the LA Clippers. Yeah. So um, outside of Terrence Mann, BJ Boston, Luke Kennard, and how often they want to play Amir Coffey and uh, Justice Winslow, they're a little bit old. Uh, yeah. I mean, but like, and that, that's what helped them last year, like having all those veteran pieces that could, and that, that's the problem with like the jazz is that you can have some young pieces, but, um, uh, when it comes down to crunch time, you don't trust those young pieces to come in and win you a series, uh, which we saw last year, but they had Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, a lot of these teams are a little bit old. old. A lot of these teams that are mm-hmm. going to be playoff title contenders are a little bit old. Yeah. I mean, if you the, look at it, like the Clippers to me are, the teams are also a lot bit they've young. They've all got that caveat. The, the Clippers to me just comes but out to Phoenix too. is also a lot bit young. Utah's a lot bit young. And the Clippers, I don't know if they have as much as much of a depth of young talent in their reserves as like Utah, Denver, and Phoenix do. Yeah. The Clippers to me just are, are, it basically comes down to it doesn't really matter where they finish in the regular season. If they get Kawhi Leonard yeah. back fully healthy by the playoffs, that's the team that's going to suck in the first round. So, and for the Clippers, it's like, what's their goal? Where do they want to finish? And that's where they're going to finish. So it doesn't really matter if you think they can take third place. If they want to finish in sixth, then they're going to choose to finish in sixth. Well, yeah. And and, and again, it's just, yeah, someone's going to have to face them in the first round. So, oh, yeah, because we saw them game in the standings before. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was having this. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. They, I mean, Please elaborate. They game the standings, but like, I'm a, it's again, like, <laughs> they're just going to be. I, I don't think they're going to be a top four team without Kawhi Leonard in the West. And then there's, but it's... they're they're going to get Kawhi Leonard probably back sometime in the second half of the season, and he'll probably be ready uh, by the playoffs. And so that's that's what it comes down to. The Nuggets, the Clippers don't want to win the regular season marathon; they just want to finish the marathon ten right. minutes back of the, the rest of the pack yep. and not collapse when they get to the finish line. Um, the Nuggets, um, uh, they lost Jamal Murray kind of late last year, but he should be back probably. My feeling the Clippers are like opposite of what I said on the Lakers. I don't think they're going to be the greatest regular season team, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they're in the conference finals. Oh yeah, like I mean, if, uh, if health for sure out the, you know, the way they they need it to. They're definitely like that's yeah. got to be the game plan for the Clippers. Yeah. So. I think they're better than last year if they're healthy. I yes. like their roster better. Yeah. Um, Same. Hey, I'm Mark. And this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go jazz. Go jazz. Be our family. Boom. The Nuggets. Uh, They're probably going to get Jamal Murray back. I mean, ACLs are weird. ACLs can be, you know, nine months could be a year, a year and a half. Um, but Jamal Murray, uh, presumably back, presumably back, excuse me, and black, I guess. Um, Nikola Jokic, you know, reigning MVP. Um, they, they, they signed MPJ to a huge contract. I, I'm trying to remember if they had a big signing in this offseason. I guess Aaron Gordon. Uh, which was like their their Jeff Green, Je- yeah, Uncle Jeff. So. Um, I mean, they I were think 30- they retained Austin Rivers, who's our favorite player on the Jazz. Oh God, uh, Jazz killer. The the I mean, I mean, and to be fair, Austin Rivers did help the, the Nuggets last year. Third seed last year. Can they move into that that? Can they move in the, into championship consideration for you guys? I think they can take second place in the West. 
And if Murray can round back in a form, let's say late March, April, and he's 60, 70% effective for the playoffs, everybody should be shuddering and terrified of the Denver Nuggets. Because your trio of Michael Porter Jr., who is going to be one of my top two picks for most improved player this year, um, alongside Keldon Johnson from the San Antonio Spurs, Michael Porter paired with Nikola Jokic. I, I'm all aboard the Michael Porter Jr. is going to be awesome train this year. I think that's as good of a one-two punch as any other team the Western Conference has this season. You combine that with Jamal Murray coming back as long as they can kind of figure out in time um, who's going to share the ball. And I think Jokic will kind of naturally suss that out. This team is freaking deep. Um, I think Denver matches up well with the Lakers. I think Utah matches up well with the Lakers. And uh, Phoenix is going to be in there. So my top two are Utah and Phoenix. But if Phoenix suffers an injury to uh, one of their significant stars in either Devin Booker and Chris Paul, possibly eight missing a lot of time, I think Denver could be positioned to finish in the top two in the, in the regular season. And then if Murray can actually show up for the playoffs, like anything's possible for the Nuggets. Dad, Bob, Dad, Dick, anything, um, uh, anything you want to add for the Nuggets? Hey, uh, a lot of good points there. I mean, I, I think Denver's the team that if, if me as a jazz fan, like I'm most scared of um, when it comes to, you know, if, if they're firing on all cylinders and health isn't an issue and, and Murray comes back. I mean, as mentioned before, they're, they're incredibly deep while having like one of the best three players. I mean, they, they have already, I, I mean, probably at least like top five, if not like, one of the three best trios of guys like because you've got Jokic who just alone like he's insanely good and then you've got I mean I yeah I I don't know it's just Jokic is so good and then the fact that they have scorers like Porter Jr. and then Murray if he comes back healthy that are along with him and then the fact that they have the depth that they have around them is insane um you know the 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 front office in Denver, I think does not get like they get credit, but they don't nearly get as much credit as they deserve because they, they are good everywhere. Like they are very good on the margins. They're good at drafting. Um, they've drafted a lot of guys with these picks that aren't necessarily like super high picks and, and develop them and turn them into really nice pieces. And I mean, it's just a team that I don't know, as mentioned before, like I don't, just because we don't know when Murray's going to come back and we'll, we'll have to see, um, you know, how good they can be without him. But I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't lock them into like a top two seed, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, one or two seed at the end of the year, but it's, it's just all dependent on health really. All right, Jared. I think if, if Murray comes back within, you know, maybe I, I don't know what the estimated timeline is on him. Um, but if he comes back and, and they're able to really kind of gel quickly, that's a team that, that uh, could potentially be, you know, a top two seed. But uh, I, like I, I wouldn't be surprised. They're, they're a team that like, I guess if you're saying a dark horse, like they're kind of my dark horse. Like I, I would not be surprised at all if they won the whole thing this year. All right. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's There's only one thing that gives me pause about the Nuggets with Murray being out, their guard depth is a little bit questionable to me because you're obviously like the two horses of that team is you got this amazing system. And yeah, d- not interested. Um, <laughs> the two top guys is, is a five 
and then, you know, the multifaceted wing and Michael Porter Jr. But with Murray out, it's like Austin Rivers, Will Barton, he's fine. He's kind of the, the Jordan Clarkson facsimile for Denver. Bowens Highland, Monty Tay Morris. Yeah. Morris is a fine backup point guard, but like everyone, maybe Highland's going to be fine someday, but he's kind of like he's Bones. He's, he's tiny. Yeah. Um, so and, those four guys, they're kind of just average alongside the rest of the, the guard composition in, in the Western Conference, whereas like yeah. Utah's guard composition is amazing. Phoenix's <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Um, Golden State, if if Poole makes the next big jump and Moses Moody turns out to be a playable rookie right away, they have better guard compositions. Even the Kings, to an extent, have better guard depth than the Nuggets do at the moment. But again, it's all contingent on when and if. Jamal Murray comes back. Yeah, and then they. Um, but to me, like that Denver, last year, they're a clear-cut they... three seed in the West. They could get up to two if Phoenix endures significant injury and health issues. Uh, Jared, um, uh, uh, real quick, um, uh, who are your top three pe- top three teams to get out of the West uh, to make the finals? Is he on mute? Is he? Is Jared on mute again? All right, let's uh, go, let's go to Dabba Dadik. Who are your top three teams to make the finals in the West? My top three that to make the finals in the West. Yeah. Uh, so you're not saying not top three seeds. You're saying nope. just top who, three to make who the would finals. be my three that yeah. I would pick as, as who, who's making the finals? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Denver. God, this is really hard. Yep. It's crazy because of how good how good the um the West is. Okay. <laughs> it's so hard. It's like, you don't want to leave Phoenix out because they made the finals last year. And I don't think there was anything fluky about that. Like that's a great team. Uh-huh. Um, you don't, you know, obviously like the jazz fan in me wants to say Utah. Um, okay, that's it. That's if I'm being J- completely unbiased, <laughs> if I'm completely unbiased, I'd say Denver, Denver, Phoenix, and I'm going to cheat here, and I'm going to say L.A. You can <laughs> de- determine for yourself which L.A. team yeah, he, I'm he, talking about. Well played. About. He, got, he got four out of that. I'm going to get it. Well uh, played. Same, gets that same question. Uh, I don't know if I can just pick three. I mean, that's the thing. Is that like, like the Western hard. Conference, you're going to have – this is the most bunched up, top-heavy Western Conference. It's like the 2007-2008 season. I think that year, like, L.A. finished in first place with 57 wins. And then there were, like, I think – Golden State finished in ninth place that year with 48 wins. And then everybody else finished like in the low fifties. And I think we're looking at that kind of finish again. So like, honestly, we're really splitting hairs across the board with like our top seven, eight, nine seeds. And it really boils down to the playoffs. Um, My cop-out answer in this generation is healthiest teams win. So tell me who the healthiest teams are going to be. Tell me if Kawhi Leonard's going to be playing for the LA Clippers um, if Kawhi's moving to the LA Clippers, and they're probably going to be one of the three teams. If uh, James and AD are at 100% health, then the Lakers are issuing for the Western Conference Finals. Um, if Mitchell and Conley can actually dress for the playoffs this year, then Utah is going to be in the Western Conference Finals. If Jamal Murray comes back for the Denver Nuggets, then they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. And then if Phoenix is at full health, then they need to throw their hat in the ring as well. And you know, if Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green are playing out of their minds, then uh, they might be making an appearance into the Western Conference Finals as well. To me, so, to me, the question comes down. I really to, just got to uh, roll the. Du- to me, the question comes down to like confidence levels in these teams. Like, can they handle the regular season? Can they handle? And then it comes out because we saw last year, 
uh, that regular season and playoffs. I mean, there's two different two different seasons basically. Um, and I guess the question is like, do we have confidence in the Jazz uh, coming off what they did last year? Like, even if and I asked this on the last pod, even if they do everything correctly. Uh, if they do everything like they did last year and get to the playoffs, you know, again with the best record in the NBA, but still with some blemishes that we saw um, that we we have concerns about, because um, it really comes down to now: can the Jazz make the finals? Can can the Jazz as um, they can uh, make the finals? And uh, 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 my confidence level. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why Utah can make the finals this year because Donovan Mitchell at this point in his career is as capable of a high-level playoff performer as anybody he's going to face up face off with in the Western Conference play in the, in the Western Conference playoffs this year. Like I'm including LeBron, I'm including Jokic, Lillard, Curry, whomever. Like I believe in Donovan's ability to step up and make big plays in the clutch of a meaningful playoff game. So I guess from that answer, I'm speaking biased. Like Utah would be one of my three. I can't get confirmation on Kawhi Leonard, so I'm going to cross off the Clippers because <laughs> I think if, if okay, Kawhi like, can't the, the, suit the up, confidence, uh, I just want to know like your, your confidence, like again, uh, assuming that everybody is you know as healthy as they can be, you know, like no one's going to be at full health. But if all the big stars, if all the right money players are in position in the Western Conference Finals, um, you know, and you had your you know, your life savings that you had to bet on a team, Clippers, Denver, Utah, okay. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I, I saw the Lakers up there, Clippers, and Utah. I I, I have some fears. I, I really want to be biased. I want to like say they can do it. I, I'm really scared as currently construed because I really want to get Jerry Butler some minutes in here, and I don't know if they're going to do it without because Utah and Denver back. have the youth depth and the star depth, and the Clippers have the everybody in their prime depth. Yeah, um, and two star depth. And, and we're, we're kind of skipping. Lakers the, are a little too old, and yeah. Phoenix just I don't think. If you're talking about each and every one of these teams hitting their absolute ceiling, Phoenix's ceiling is a little less high than the others. Yeah, like I'm a, so I think we all kind of have Phoenix in the top two or three of our like regular season rankings, and um, most likely to finish second place in the in the Western Conference in the regular season. I don't know about their playoff potential; it's probably matchup based. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Gitsit. I don't think Phoenix has a. Uh... I don't think Aiden has like another big leap to take. So he could, but I still don't know if that raises their ceiling enough relative to those other teams I just mentioned. Because uh, it, it, it comes down to me like whoever, like basketball, NBA is just a lot of times, 95% of the times, it's whichever team has the best player wins, wins, the, wins the championship. That's just how. And it also is. taking into account the personal aspect, sorry to interject there, who, but, but like Phoenix is not paying Aiden, and there's a lot of experts out there who think that Aiton is worthy of that veteran contract. So he's going to maybe play pissed. I don't know how that's going to affect his gameplay throughout the course of the season, but they're going to have that contract situation dangling over them all season long as they try to repeat after one of the most grueling seasons for them. And we'll, we'll see, because like he's on his rookie contract still, right? So um, Yeah, they, they got to make a decision on him pretty soon. I mean, because I mean... You know who loves the fact that they're not paying him is McCade. Yeah, McCade, McCade P8. <laughs> This is because McCade's a fan of that. It, it's going to be the litmus test. And he has to see, good right? reasoning, right? I mean, yeah. There's nothing. Does McCade own large banks in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's a it's a real litmus test for um, uh, you know rookies and their and their contracts and making them play through it. Like, like hey, you know, you're going to sign for big because um, well, this 
this plays I'll, into my prediction. I said Sarver's going to mess it up. So. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it in the simplest way possible. It's like, still a right. miracle a Sarver-owned team made the NBA Finals, right. by the way. The, the rookie contract. So maybe that's another good reason Phoenix won't make it. Yeah, and yeah. so um, anyway, uh, so we, we think the Jazz are still They just be... gave Bridges an extension, though. I just saw that like like 30 minutes ago. Bridges just got an extension oh, really? uh, from Phoenix. But was it a matter uh, Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We, I don't, don't want to talk about the Suns. The um, uh, Suns are probably going to be good, but not good enough for Finals. Four years, um, ninety million. I don't care. Um, and then um, uh, the Jazz. I mean, we, we think they're going to be very good again this year, right? Um, we hope that they can improve upon um, uh, what they did last year. Um, are they still just a regular season team or playoff team? Um, uh, do you think they? Do you think they can make that leap? Um, uh, dad bought dad dick. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Jazz are going to be really good again this year. I mean, they they're just constructed to be a really good team. Um, Obviously, the biggest issue, uh, I mean, a lot of people had a lot of different opinions when it came to the playoffs last year, and I think it was really, it wasn't one thing, and it was a mixture of a lot of the things that people were talking about as far as health and the way the team was constructed and coaching a little bit in terms of the reasons why it was uh, it didn't happen against LA. Um, I'm. It's hard for me to say because so far we haven't seen Rudy Gay actually played with the team. I'm excited to kind of see how that works out. I like the I like the move that they made this summer, um, and I like what what's been done. So I, on paper, it looks good for me because it, this is a thing with with and it's just like any other team, and it's been mentioned before. The West is so deep that the Jazz, even if they improve upon last year there's going to have to be an element of luck in order for them to win it all to make it to the to the um to the nba championship and uh you know so it's possible and i'm optimistic as a jazz fan i think that um you know obviously i i i'm optimistic that they'll have a better shot this year and i would unbiasedly unbiasedly pencil them into the conference finals because i think if they don't make the conference finals it's going to be really hard for us to see like i i think this is kind of a make or break year for quinn snyder even though i love him and i don't i don't think that he's really the issue with the team but i think if they don't advance out of the second round this year it's going to be really hard to justify keeping quinn snyder and uh, and not trying to go into a different in into a different direction unless for whatever reason they think that it's just going to be an absolute mutiny if uh, if they let him go. So yeah, I I think that the Jazz um, it's the same as last year. Really, uh, I think they're a little bit better than last year, but same as last year. Like they needed a certain element of luck, and uh, and you know unfortunately they got very unlucky when it came to the playoffs as far as health went and. Uh, I think that's just always how it's going to be for a team like the Jazz because, like, we're probably not going to be, you know, the destination for buyout guys midseason. And you know, they're they're. I think we could be. Those, we could we could Maybe be, this year. but it's it's just it's not. I'm not betting on it, and that's the thing that that's the thing we even talked about in the end of season pod is like the Jazz have to be just so much better on the margins. Uh, as opposed to those larger market teams because they don't have the room for air that those large market teams have. Um, totally agree so, with that. And so, the, and, 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 and no matter how good you are on the margins, there's still, you have to have 
that little bit of luck that goes your way. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes yeah. because I mean, I would love to see it happen obviously, but, uh, I'm, I'm actually trying to temper my expectations because last year I got myself really excited and I, you know, I definitely was, uh, I saw, I saw a pass to the, to the championship and, and then was let down greatly. So I'm going to try not to let that happen this year, but it's hard not to be optimistic as well with, uh, the moves that were made. Cue the Sorry moment. to be all morbid, but which teams could you see knocking the jazz out of the playoffs this upcoming postseason? Denver for Six sure. Um, yeah. Denver, like I said, Denver scares me the most. Absolutely. Uh, as far as, uh, I'm not actually, I'm not very scared. Uh, like LA, nobody can I guard Jokic. LA. I think, I think, uh, the Lakers, like, I think that's the jazz matchup well with that team. And we so I wouldn't be, them, I, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, I think it'd be a good series and I think that could go either way, but I, I wouldn't be scared of that. Clippers. I'm actually, I still think the Clippers guards. are a good matchup. I think last year was just, I mean, Last year was there was a whole variety of issues we talked about, but Denver is really the team that makes me nervous. Um, really, outside of that, I mean, outside of Denver, that's Denver's the team that scares me. Uh, I think Jazz have a fighting chance against any other team. Denver, it would be really hard for me, without being biased, to say that like I think the Jazz are a better team, a more talented team. Um, but you know we just have to see how it shakes out. So I I would want to avoid Denver at all costs. I would hope that the, they end up on the opposite side of a of the bracket somehow, and and someone else knocks them off. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. But Denver's definitely the team that scares me the most. Denver's front court depth is Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Jamichael Green, Jeff Green, Michael Porter. You match that up with Utah's four or five guys or guys at the four and five it's hard not to say that Denver had doesn't have any advantage there. Like I just it's that, one of those things like collective... for whatever reason people jazz fans think it's, you know, sacrilegious to, to talk about Jokic in a positive light of, you know, because Gobert. I mean, the fact is like Jokic is the best big man in the league. Like he is, it's just, and he hit the game when he shot against no the Jazz in game seven of the series two years ago. Yeah, I mean, PTSD, after he camped PTSD. out in the lane Seasons. for like 20 seconds. But, uh, you know, they didn't call. They they gave him 20 seconds in the key right there. But um, I need, I need they're going to let him continue to do that, so he'll get no, that shot No, but the thing, the thing is, is, is Jokic is just so good. And, I mean, like, I love Gobert. I'm as big of a Gobert fan as anybody and as big of a Rudy defender as anybody. But the fact is, like, like Gobert – Gobert's like Jokic is so good that you can only hope that Gobert neutralizes him. And even then that's like a big ask. That's a big ask for him, especially just because of the ways that Jokic can affect the game. Like he doesn't need to score. He's, you know, he can facilitate. And I mean, he's gotten so much better defensively. Um, and even, I feel like actually that that jazz series in the bubble was like kind of his turning point for him as a defender where he really started to uh, put that effort forward to, you know, he's not physically gifted as a defender, but I've always been a big believer that like if you're an NBA athlete, which means you're a good athlete, no matter how bad of an athlete you are by comparison to NBA players, like defense is mostly an effort thing. And, uh, you know, and maybe about, you know, 80% effort and 20% uh, IQ intelligence. And, you know, there's some guys that just don't, don't seem to be able to get the rotations and kind of assignments, but 
I mean, Jokic is a smart guy and he knows where to be and he plays, he plays really great defense. And I mean, I'd love to have him on my team. Like I, I appreciate him as a player for as much as I I hate playing against him. Like he's just, he's amazing. Like he's, he may um, not be. He's, he's the he biggest. He may not be athletically gifted as a defender. Like uh, gets it real quick. Um, uh, um. So real quick, back to the Jazz. So we we think they're. I think all of us have agreed that they're probably going to be a top one, two, maybe even three seed in, in the West right now. Um, but um, uh, you know, they they can build on last year's regular season success. Um, uh, but have they? Do you think they've improved enough for you to like feel confident enough to for them to? You know, you said that they're one of your top three finals teams. So can they get to the finals? Um, uh, this team, um, as currently, I think if everybody stays healthy. Okay. Well, uh, let me let me just say this: it feels like Dragon's Clutch is on this podcast because sounds like we got a lot of Nuggets fans on here. And so, um, with the Jazz being um, uh, 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 as good as they are, they can make the finals. Um, do, do you have any concerns from last year that are lingering into this year? Yeah, I'm concerned from last year. I don't know if we – I still don't know if we have the right kind of wing depth uh, for yep. playoff matchups because our starting five is great, but our starting five is still a guy who's six foot five and a guy who's six foot eight that no one really knows how healthy he's going to be game to game overall through seven months in Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, and also, we don't know how he's really going to age as a defender. Um, so that's one thing. Obviously, they went out and got Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal to kind of batten down the hatches of the, of the wing defense. But we don't know how those two are going to perform as wing defenders compared to that of um, what other guys and other teams have. Um, you know, Michael Porter, people love to say he's a big defensive liability. We'll see how his game evolves on the defensive side of things. But they've also shored up their needs at, at wing defense with Jermichael Green, Jeff Green, if he shows up for work in the playoffs. The Clippers still have all these... Aaron Gordon, that's a huge problem that I've been terrified about ever since they acquired him at the trade deadline. Um, so again, that front court depth and wing depth for Denver is going to give us big issues. And that's why I think Dadbod um, is justifiably very worried about how they could perform against Utah in the playoffs. And then the Clippers, they've still got Morris. If Justice Winslow decides to improve as a player, Batum, man, uh, watch out for BJ Boston and his potential evolution this season. Uh, Phoenix has plenty of wings. Utah still went 0 3 against Phoenix last year. Um, and then the Lakers, even though we have our qualms with them as in terms of their roster composition, like they have a lot of a front court length as well. And we'll see how they perform defensively. Um, so the quality of our wing players, um, that's still something that's up in the air for me for Utah. We'll see how, how the season progresses and if and when they may make any adjustments to their roster near the trade deadline. Wait and see on that. Um, yeah, just the quality of our wing players, those six foot eight guys, obviously that's why they went out and signed Malik Fitz to a two-way, but I'm not going to be counting on Fitz to show up for the playoffs for us this year. Uh, but hopefully, you know, me, Aoni, or any assortment of trade acquisitions at midseason, hopefully they can make a dent for Utah. But uh, I hear Wade. The, you're right. He'll be the um, I, don't even know, I don't even know how tall Zaire Wade is, but – Quality of our wing personnel, that's still going to be the number one issue for me. I have no qualms about the progression of Conley, Mitchell, Gobert. Their health is going to dictate a lot of our success. And um, the remaining void to be filled in terms of getting us from 75% of the way up the summit to the top of the summit, that's going to be addressed um, by how good our wing, our wing talent is relative to the wing talent of the other top four or five seeds in the Western Conference. And you know, very well said, um, uh, guys. We're, we're we're finishing up our third Zoom call right now. 
um, uh, before we run out of time. Uh, get to where can they find you on? I mean, I just said it. Well, what is your where can they find you on Twitter if they can find you? You were protected for a while, so I'm gets it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I am currently public. We'll see how long that goes. Okay, all right. Sounds um, good. That's actually my burner. So if you're following me at gets it, you're following my burner. I, I uh, congratulations. I'm very happy uh, uh, that I'm following your burner. I I like it. Um, uh, we're talking to the dad dick of dad bods here. Dad bod at dad bod dad dick. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, uh, I hope you love these zoom calls, man. I'm really glad we talked this through. I feel a lot better about uh, where I'm going to position these teams and uh, the corresponding win loss totals. So, so I still, I still got to figure out the LA Clippers equation and how I feel ultimately about the Blazers. I think I'm a little bit higher on them than everybody else is. But again, that's why uh, you have group conversations and, and share thoughts and opinions. Nerd. Um, uh, yeah, yep. it was big nerd, was good... big nerd energy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, a good, uh, it was a good, good talk, good listening. Yeah, yeah Dragon Squatcha here. I'm uh, hopefully he's doing well in Korea. He just told me he, <laughs> he just told me he, am, uh, he just got done with the game of tug of war. So, um, I don't know. Wait, what that means. did he have, did he have dinner with Kim Jong Un like he planned? <laughs> he had dinner with somebody at least. Um, <laughs> all right. Folks, that for- sounds like a life-threatening event. Yeah. Follow <laughs> us at Jazz High Notes um, on Twitter, um, at Jazz High Notes on Instagram, at Jazz Notes Something Podcast on Facebook. I don't know. Find it there. Um, uh, we also, uh, you know, you can find all the Jazz Pod Co-op merchandise and podcasts at jazzpodcoop.com. Uh, I want to do some giveaways, like either of like, you know, stickers or merchandise. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure out something to do giveaways. And we're about to hit 145, so we'll see you guys next time. All right, that's it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was shocked. It just kept going. I was, I was like, like, what? I was like What's does, going Zoom, on? does Zoom change things? Am I paying for Zoom now? Like, what's going on here? The basketball gods smiled down on us. I I, I, I had a notification that said that the moderator um, upgraded the the call to unlimited time. So hopefully you didn't get charged anything. Yeah, I was almost concerned. I was like, did you get charged for this or something? Like, did he forget to cancel his card or some crap? I didn't do anything. I don't think I had. I don't think I had my information at all. But you know, good luck trying to bill these suckers. All right. Yeah. Covered just about everything that mattered. Yeah, I was like, I was like, sons. I'm ah, sorry, I was the sons are the sons are easy. I didn't realize we were doing a NBA season preview. I thought we were just previewing the Jazz. So yeah, you know that that, that <laughs> uh, probably no, would no, been, good, man. That probably would have been a better one. You're right. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so. But we met. We we if uh, if I don't know how many listeners you guys have, but if, if we have any Bulls fans who might happen to listen, they match. I was thinking about they might be mad that we didn't mention them in the East Coast. I did. Yeah, I had some but, thoughts on the well, Bulls. Oh, well, I, we I, mentioned I did it, but quick. we didn't really talk yeah. about them very much. Yeah. Again, I'm, uh, uh, you know, they're an interesting team, but their backup like... center is Tony Bradley. Oh, yeah, yes. that is kind of strange. <laughs> I feel like they paid, uh, they paid what's his name that the Caruso. They paid him way too much. They paid him way too much. Caruso. I like the Caruso signing better. I than like Lonzo Ball a lot. Yeah, I, I like. I, I think Lonzo Ball the. He's a hooper. Like he's he's the kind of guy that makes the team better for um, sure. I really hope Crusoe does well because he's also on my fancy team. So um, uh, I just think Indiana's roster is way better than Chicago's because they don't have to waste all that money on DeRozan. No, no, that's, uh, that kind of makes that makes sense to me, honestly. So. DeRozan feels like an overpay. Vucevic has never won anywhere. He didn't really help yep. them after the trade. This will, we'll, we'll put that's this on. Uh, we'll put this like little extra Chicago Bulls talk for um, uh, Chicago Bulls on um, uh, Patreon. 
If you might Patrick Williams is going to have to be awesome. I'll talk about the Bulls for seven minutes. Jo- join our Patreon <laughs> for this. 